Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Abnormal Adventures with me, Carrie Taylor. Um, today it's going to be... I don't even know how to say it. It's, it's going to be a, a different kind of format. Um, it will be me talking, and then I'm going to have a couple different people um, give their input at different times. Um, so it will be a little bit different um, than normal. Um, I just want to say, hey, how you guys doing? I'm doing uh, okay. It's uh, now snowy um, here where I live. Um, it looks pretty outside now. It's lovely. Um, so what has been on my mind for the last little bit um, that I just thought I would talk about because I know I'm not the only one that kind of deals with this. And so I know a lot of people that uh, do kind of struggle with this. Um, and it is uh, kind of a self-esteem slash body dysmorphia disorder type stuff. Um, so... As we all know, we all have our own little inner voices that um, can either be really positive or really negative in what goes through our head and actually how it affects our day. So I just thought I would talk a little bit about um, like body dysmorphia, the disorder, um, and get some kind of testimonial type things, like kind of how other people have struggled with it and I'm hoping that I can give at the end like this isn't me I'm not someone that is licensed to give any type stuff but I just did some research and it's been something that's been really on my brain of um, how to kind of help um, stop those voices obviously body dysmorph uh, dysmorphic uh, disorder it is something that you can be diagnosed with. And if you do have that, like, please don't take my advice. Like, talk to your medical professional. But I just thought that at the end of um, chatting with each person that came on, um, at the very end of this episode, I'm going to just kind of chat about um, different ways that you can try to help someone you know that has a lot of negative um, views of their body and try to help. Or even for yourself to try to use some of these examples yourself to try to get through um the the negative voices in our head the as RuPaul would say our inner saboteur um so I just thought um I would just kind of go from there so I hope you guys uh enjoy this episode and uh yeah enjoy so I'm just gonna start off with um reading Mayo's Clinic's um kind of overview of what body dysmorphic disorder is um so it is a disorder it is a mental health disorder in which you can't stop thinking about one or more perceived defects or flaws in your appearance a flaw that appears minor or can't be seen by others but you feel so embarrassed ashamed anxious that you may avoid social situations because of it when you have a body dysmorphic disorder, you uh, intensely focus on your appearance and your body image, repeatedly checking the mirror, grooming, seeking reassurance, sometimes for many hours each day. You perceive flaws and the repetitive behaviors cause you significant distress and impact your ability to function in your daily life. You may seek out numerous cosmetic procedures to try to fix your perceived flaws, Afterwards, you may feel temporary temporary satisfaction or a reduction in your distress, 
but often the anxiety returns and you may resume searching for other ways to fix your perceived flaws. Symptoms of, well, signs and symptoms of a body dysmorphic disorder includes um, being extremely preoccupied with a perceived flaw in appearance that others cannot, can't, sorry, can't be seen or appears minor. Strong belief that you have a defect in your appearance that make you ugly or deformed. Belief that others take special notice of your appearance in a negative way or mock you. Engaging in behaviors aimed at fixing or hiding the perceived flaw that are difficult to um, resist or control, such as frequently checking the mirror, grooming, or skin picking. Attempting to hide perceived flaws with styling, makeup, and clothes. Constantly comparing your appearance with others. Frequently seeking reassurance about your appearance from others. Having perfectionists tendencies seeking cosmetic procedures with little satisfaction avoiding social situations preoccupation with your appearance and excessive thoughts and re repetitive behaviors can be unwanted difficult to control and sometimes consuming that they can cause major distress and problems in your social life work school or other areas of functioning you may Excessively focus over one or more parts of your body. The features you focus on may change over time. The most common features people tend to fixate about include face, such as nose, complexion, wrinkles, acne, and other blemishes, hair, such as appearance, thinning, baldness, um, your skin and vein appearance, breast size, muscular size or tone, genitalia, a preoccupation with your body building, uh, being too small or too muscular enough, um, occurs almost exclusively in males. Um, insight about body dysmorphic disorder varies. You may recognize that your beliefs about your perceived flaws may be exclusive or not true, um, or think that they may probably, they are probably true, or be absolutely convinced that they are true. Um, the more convinced you are, the least, the more distress and disruption you may experience in your life. Um, they do talk about when to see a doctor. Um, they just say shame and embarrassment about your parents may keep you from seeking treatment for your body dysmorphic disorder. If you have any signs or symptoms, see your primary caregiver. Um, it doesn't usually get better on its own. It says this is like extreme cases. This is when, um, it is fully the body dysmorphic disorder. Um, what we'll kind of talk about, um, here is, is a mix of kind of, I bet some people have body dysmorphic and they're not, they're undiagnosed. Um, but some of it is just our own inner saboteur voice in our head um, getting us to fixate on these things as well. They do have a causes section and risk factor and complication kind of section. So I'll quickly read through those. So, um, they say the causes. It's not known specifically what causes body dysmorphic disorder. Like many other mental health conditions, body dysmorphic disorder may result from a combination of issues such as a family history of the disorder, abnormalities in the brain, and negative evaluations or experience about your body and self-image. Um, risk factors, they say, um, typically start in the early teenager years, which makes sense, and it affects both females and males. Certain factors seem to increase the risk of developing and triggering body dysmorphic disorder, including having blood relatives with body dysmorphic disorder or obsessive compulsive disorder, negative life experiences as a childhood, teasing, neglect, or abuse, certain personality traits such as perfectionism, 
perfectionism, sorry, um, society pressures or expectations of beauty, having another mental health condition such as anxiety or depression, complications um, that may be caused by or so are associated with this um, include major depression or any other mood disorders, suicidal thoughts or behaviors, anxiety disorders, including social anxiety disorder, um, obsessive compulsive disorder, eating disorders, substance uh, misuse, healthy problems, health, sorry, not healthy, health problems from behaviors such as skin picking, physical pain or risk of disfigurement due to repeated surgical interventions. Um, so they do go into um, making sure that if you are having suicidal thoughts, um, please reach out to someone, talk to family, talk to friends, call 911, call the hotlines, do whatever you need to do to seek help. Um, please don't um, let those suicidal thoughts fester. Um, that is never good um, at all. So I'm just going to quickly talk about, um, I don't, I can't say I don't know. I haven't obviously ever seeked professional help for this, but I do know that I do have um, a pretty loud inner voice in my head. Um, most people that know me, I am, I portray a very, very confident person as I go to do things. And um, over the last year, it has kind of come to the forefront in my brain that um, I need to be a little bit more honest with what goes on inside my brain, that a lot of times I hide what my brain is thinking so for years like I've said many times in here I'm, I'm not a small girl I am a I wouldn't say I'm a plus size girl but I am a I'm a bigger girl and um I really noticed this year especially that it started to affect me um trying to kind of go out it started becoming an obsessive um thought in my brain of that someone cared that I was a bigger girl, um, that I had to really start focusing on trying to correct um, that thinking in my brain is that it doesn't matter if I'm a bigger girl or if I'm not a big girl, if you're a small girl or if you're a small guy or if you're a big guy, whatever, whatever size you are, it doesn't matter. And so like this year has been, um, I'm really trying to kind of um, correct the way that my brain has thought about things my whole life, that there have been a lot of things that I have told myself not to do because of my size or someone's going to look at me different or I think that I'm ugly or whatever it is. Um, so I've really been trying to focus on um, like viewing the way that I look at people. And this might sound like a weird thing to say, but I try to make sure that it, like to help myself calm my own thoughts down is that when I see someone that's about the same size as me, I kind of check my own brain and go, do you look at that person and think they're ugly because of their size? And that's an automatic no. I do not think that way of anybody else. And so I've been trying to correct my own brain to be like, so if you think that that person looks beautiful or handsome or whatever word you want to use to describe them, why are you looking at yourself and calling yourself ugly and unwanted because you are a bigger girl? Obviously, this is a huge self-esteem thing and everyone kind of deals with it, but sometimes it does affect people's life. Like I hit a point that I, I wouldn't dress a certain way because I thought that people would be making fun of me, even though no one gives a rat's ass. I don't dress weirdly or anything and I don't know why it matters if I have a, a stomach or a bigger butt 
or whatever. And so it has been kind of my journey this year to really focus on this. And I just wanted to bring multiple people's perspective into this. Um, I don't know how many people I'll end up having. So if you finish listening to this, there could be three, there could be five. I don't really know. But um, I just know personally that it it does actually affect my day-to-day life, um, not just even for my size, for the fact that I've had it in my brain for a very long time for the industry that I, I kind of came out of high school into, which was the beauty industry that I always, I, my hair had to look a certain way, my makeup had to look a certain way, that like it was so fundamental in my brain that like, on days off when I wasn't going any- anywhere, I would put makeup on just in case if someone came to the door or they would, I don't know if I had to run to the convenience store to grab something that I, I would always have to be done up in a sense that I'd have to have my makeup fully done. I'd have to have my hair looking great for a long time. I wouldn't even wear a ponytail because I was told when I co-opted in a hair salon in high school, because back then, I, that's what I, I don't know, I just put my hair up in a ponytail. And uh, they actually threatened to chop my hair off if I came to work in a ponytail. So since then, it's, it's actually a really hard thing for me to slowly break those walls down to be like, no, like a ponytail can still look professional. Yeah, uh, we've all probably seen one that doesn't, but you can still look professional in a ponytail or you could still look like great without makeup guys do it all the time not saying anything so I just wanted to really try to bring focus to this and maybe open some people's eyes to different things to try to help them kind of get through all of this um so I hope through all this like we kind of learn that like everyone struggles with these negative thoughts and yes we might not all have body dysmorphic disorder but it is something that we all struggle with and I think as a whole as a society we do need to get a little bit better of um, trying to help our loved ones, our friends. How do I say this? Um, try to help them let their inner dialogue come out so we can like help each other. So um, obviously, like I've been a lot more op- open and vocal about my um, conversations really in, uh, with friends to try to be like this is what goes through my head and same vice versa like a girlfriend of mine will have these conversations and and I think it's really helpful if we say it and then someone actually like instantly tells them like that that's not truth that's not truth and I'm not going to go into the whole list of things but like right now you'll hear it at the end but like the number one thing that they really talk about is like talk to someone about it. If you're having huge thoughts in your brain that it's becoming an obsessive like disorder for you or obsessive compulsive or whatever that you're you're losing sleep, you're you can't focus because you're obsessing over your ears, your nose, your whatever it is, then reach out to someone you love and trust and start breaking down those barriers with those people. Like we need to start trusting each other. We need to start loving each other. Um, so we're going to go into, um, hearing some of my family and friends of how they've struggled with negative thoughts and views for their whole life. So enjoy. I'll talk to you afterwards. (laughs) My name is Jason and I am 41 years old. There you go. Um, I was always a pudgy kid. And then in high school, I started training 
weight, weight training and running and stuff. Yep. And it kind of led into my twenties and stuff. And I got in pretty good shape, but personally, and, and then obviously COVID we've all kind of put on some yep. weight. <laughs> uh, I've been back in the gym now for a few months and it doesn't usually matter how good you seem to look. If you were big at one time, that's what you see. True. Like you see that you've gotten smaller, but you don't see how good you might look. Yep. Like other people can give you comments. You can wear clothing that's smaller. The scale, I don't think personally is ever a good yeah. indicator. Yeah. Um, especially, I mean, especially for men because yep. men tend to put on a lot of muscle mass and they're like, oh, well, I haven't lost any weight, but you, you look a hell of a lot better. Yeah. Right. Yep. But, um, but yeah, so like, I mean, I still see my mid twenties when I got my, my newest job and I got married and had kids and, you know, I went up to almost 300 pounds with almost no muscle mass. Yeah. Heaviest. And I looked horrible. I felt horrible. Um, and I still see that. Yeah. That's how, like, that's how you picture yourself in a sense. That's how I picture myself when I look yeah. in the mirror, I don't see the same as what other people do. Like you can see that you've made a little progress, but not like other people are like, holy mm -hmm. crap, what happened to you? You know what I mean? Yep. No, that makes sense. And, but I think the biggest important thing is like, if you can develop a mentality of you're happy with who you are, uh, and that you're going to try and be better. Mm -hmm. I mean, to me, I, I don't care how big you are, how small you are. If you have confidence and you're happy, and healthy, which is the main thing. Well said from my uh, friend from Calgary, uh, Jay. Up next, um, we've got a written in um, comment from an Instagram slash Facebook post I put out. So I posted out on my social media um, asking, um, do you struggle with negative body thoughts? Um, how has this affected you? And so I had someone that's a avid listener. Hello, you know who you are. So this person wrote in saying that like 100% they um, have negative uh, body image or body thoughts. Um, they said that as a menopausal 50 plus year old who's athletically built and has great energy level, has their energy has changed dramatically. It is uh, very hard to look in the mirror and watch the body you once new disappeared to have your clothes not fit anymore and or differently due to hormone changes without access to the professional advice is very defeating and that's a hundred percent true that's been a big thing through talking to females um that it's actually really hard to get the answers that you need for your body um a lot of the times they just say it's hormones and leave it at that and they don't do anything else which is another added thing to not help our own brain because our body is shifting without anything that we can do um, thank you so much for uh, writing in for that one. Uh, it was great to hear from you. Up next, we're going to hear from Matt. And uh, here it is. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. I'm Matt, and I'm 29. Um, so I asked you to come on and talk about like negative body thoughts mm -hmm. and how it's affected right. your life. Yes. So um, I did mention a couple things to you on Instagram, right? So, I mean, I feel like everybody gets affected by this in some way, shape or form, no, no matter how, 
you know, how other people view you, you always view, view yourself in a negative way, normally. I feel like everybody's, everyone's their own worst critic, right? Yes. Like everyone, everyone's super self-critical on themselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like affirmations help and um, like daily affirmations or stuff like that, you know, like when, when you think, when you wake up every day and you're like, oh my gosh, like and you look in the mirror and you're like, I'm ugly or like, oh, I'm so pale or oh, my teeth look horrible or whatever. Um, I mean, for me, that's one thing. I, I got Invisalign to, to fix my teeth. I just, I was like, you know, this is something that bothers me. I want to correct it. So I'm going to do it. Right. So that was one thing. And I mean, like, um, exercise is a good thing too. Exercise helps, you know, kind of bring in the positivity and less negativity. Um, yeah, I mean, other than that, I, I don't really know if I've done anything to really correct those thoughts. Um, I, I have like stood in front of a mirror and been like, you know, positive thoughts, positive mm -hmm. thoughts. Like what, what do I like about myself rather than the first things I see that I dislike. Right. So yeah. that's sort of like positive affirmations as well, but it's a little yeah. different, I guess. Yeah. No, I think that fits. Or even like mm -hmm. people might say it's like part of like the mindfulness stuff yeah but like it's all about changing the way you think that makes sense exactly yeah i mean um do something if, if you find yourself really sitting in a place where you're just like you're just super focusing on whatever's bothering you try to do something else that's constructive that that'll make you feel better like you know go for a walk or or like i said every day you know right right uh five things maybe that you acknowledge that you don't like about yourself but for every one thing you come up with that you don't like try to come up with double what you do like about yourself okay. right yeah. um and just just try to focus on those positives instead of always just the the negatives like yeah i mean um other things that i've also done like my tattoos or any kind of body modification people might get those because it does boost your self-esteem in, in mm -hmm. some cases so i look at my tattoos and be like well like i like my arm now because it's tattooed and i like i like that right yeah. and even though it's like a modification right i still it's still a positive you know um <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um so i mean just just try your best to stay positive and i know it's easier um said than done but uh, it takes practice, you know, like yep. it really does. It takes work. Thank you, Matt, for that. Um, up next is actually going to be my mom. Um, so take a listen from someone that's uh, not in their younger years. Um, so again, here we go. Thanks so much. Hi, this is Kim. I'm 65 years old. Oh, of course. I was always a shy, quiet kid and anything anybody ever said negative to to me just went right in and bothered me constantly and so people always tell you you're fat I mean back when I was a kid it's not I don't feel it's bad as it is now I mean you've got social media and stuff we never had anything like that so they had to say it to your face True. so they would just say you're fat it's nothing like some of the horrible stuff you hear now but it was at the to me at the time it was yeah. How 
did you try to change those thoughts? I didn't till I was older, like in my 20s. Then I started to work out and stuff like that, which does help your brain say, hey, you feel better. And to eat, eat healthier and eat in moderation, which again, helps you feel much better, I believe, anyway. What would you suggest anyone younger than you? Don't listen to, well, of course, everybody says this. Don't listen to them. You should be listening to your own voice in your head. And if you feel good and you feel healthy, just laugh it off and don't pay any attention to them. Thank you, Mom, for that input. Up next, we have Melissa with uh, her input on all of this. Here she is. I don't, am I 32? I don't, I, I think I'm 32. Honestly, <laughs> I think I'm 32. Okay. 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 Hi. Hi. I'm Melissa, and I am 32 years old. Mm -hmm. And uh, talking about negative body thoughts yes okay so i think that uh we've all faced negative body thoughts uh if we're being honest with ourselves i think that we're just comparing ourselves to somebody else whether it be on social media or the real world so you need to realize that you are incredible go for a walk or drive out to the woods and sit with your back against a tree whatever one seems right to you be quiet and listen to the sounds that surround you in that moment and realize that you are nature and that nature itself is perfectly imperfect and it serves a purpose. You are not your exterior. Your purpose is to have an experience and to learn and to grow and to not be an asshole to anybody because they are you and you are everything. Without you, your world wouldn't exist. So love and take good care of your body because it does so much for you. It literally is keeping you alive. Uh -huh. Take a deep breath, close your eyes. And know that any negative thought stems from some sort of judgment you can rise above this once you figure out where that negative thought is coming from are you doing your best are you projecting those negative thoughts into somebody else's mind don't worry about what other people think about you this is your body if you love the heck out of it nothing else can touch you remind yourself of this some great uh words of wisdom from melissa there um thank you so much to all of my guests that have come on for this episode to talk about body image and negative body image and um being real and just making sure you uh you know you're not alone hey guys i hope that uh you enjoyed uh hearing from a couple different people so that we can all feel like we we all struggle with the same thing so we need to be a little bit more sympathetic and I listen to the media I think as much um but anyway so I was just going to um quickly kind of give you guys some little ways to help um yourself uh or help someone that you know that struggles with body dysmorphia or even with negative thoughts I think a lot of these can really actually help so the first ones I'm going to read um it is from the where am I looking? It's called the Recovery Village. It's a medical place. I don't know. It's probably in the States. Anyways, um, they have seven ways to help someone with body dysmorphia. And it is just a quick little thing. And then I have another one that kind of talks about um, how to help yourself um, with um, the body dysmorphia. And so uh, 
Seven ways to help someone with body dysmorphia. When someone has body dysmorphia, they may realize the, uh, the beliefs they have about their appearance or flaws aren't true, or they may believe they are true. It varies from person to person. So tips on helping someone with body dysmorphia include, one, work on steering conversation away from their appearance or what they see as flaws. Two, avoid trying to make someone feel better by talking about your own insecurities or flaws. They can just spiral into more negative conversations. Three, provide them with space to talk freely and openly with you about their feelings. Four, even if you can't understand your friend's feelings, work on understanding that their feelings are real to them. Don't mock or minimize their feelings. Five, if your friend or loved one um, can take small steps, celebrate those. Six, encourage your loved ones, your loved one to get help for body dysmorphia. Seven, recommend different types of therapy. Um, there are obviously multiple places you can go for help for body dysmorphia. A lot of them are like therapy, but first thing first, like if you're really, really struggling, yes, go to your um, healthcare provider. They will have so much more that they can kind of give you. Sometimes it does come down to medication, right? Because it is a mental thing um, that goes on in your brain. So they can obviously prescribe something to help with that. And I don't know what it is because I'm not a medical professional. Um, the other article that I have that talks about different ways to help is from it's insider. And, um, this is more from your stand part. So they say, number one, begin talking to a loved one about it. Um, it says, if you're not quite ready to seek professional help or aren't sure how to, uh, how serious the issue is, the simple answer is to talk to yourself or talk to a loved one. If you think you have a problem, ask yourself if you can stop the habits that are taking up a lot of your time. Can you go to the gym one time a day instead of three? Can you stop uh, excessive measuring to get ready to leave your house? Can you spend 30 minutes getting ready and actually leave your house instead of hours it takes now? Um, these are all kind of examples um, from this article. Number two is open, honest, judgment-free discussion is key. In addition to talking and answering questions, the key is conversation to be open and honest about your concerns and not have any judgment or blame in your statements. Um, using the I statements always help. Um, number three, simply identifying your concerns is a great place to start. They suggest it is scary as it sounds. Um, our experts all agree that just talking about your concerns is the best place to start. Um, there is, uh, Carla Korn. She is a licensed, uh, psychotherapist, um, told, uh, this article, if someone, you know, is struggling, um, definitely express your concern. Let them know that you are worried and want to help them. And you might point out on, uh, point out to your loved one on how you notice that the behaviors are impacting their life. Um, so I lost track of numbers. I think we're at four. I don't know. Don't judge me. Uh, professional help can be crucial to the recovery process. So they just talk about reaching out to your doctor. They can re recommend you to a therapist. Um, number five, the most effective treatment may take time and depends on the severity of the symptoms, which makes a lot of sense. They do say that sometimes treatments, you can get cognitive behavioral therapy, CP, CBT, Jesus, is one suggested treatment. Um, Obviously, again, medications can help you, um, but uh, like every single thing, like treatments can really vary. So just take your time, try to, um, try to get out of your brain. 
Um, their, some of their at-home tips and tricks are actually, they talk about meditation and they talk about mindfulness, um, which has been kind of a journey that I've been on recently is that I've been trying to do some more yoga and try to every day do a little bit of mindfulness or meditation either in the morning or at night, just to try to help with, um, negative thoughts and trying to have it, having more positive, more energy, all the things. So just, just try to really focus on, on trying to help yourself, um, in any way that, that you think you can. Um, so just trying to take those couple minutes, um, to meditate or whatever. Like I said, it's, it's not, it's not crazy. Um, they also talk about, um, journaling, writing stuff down, like Matt mentioned that. So like put some, um, every single time that you have a negative thought, make sure you write down five positive things. Um, they do try to tell people like, remember that like it is, it is a challenging thing to change the way that your brain thinks and how it kind of functions. But I think you just have to remember that you're not alone and, um, that there is ways to help you get past those negative thoughts or even the, the body dysmorphia if, uh, if you actually are diagnosed with that. So just actually like make sure, again, reach out to people. Don't ever feel like you're alone. If you're having suicidal, suicidal thoughts, please make sure you reach out to anybody, professional help, family, friends. Just talk to somebody. Please don't let those thoughts um, overtake your brain. Um, other than that, guys, I hope that you enjoyed um, the episode. Um, please reach out to me. Um, let me know um, if you need someone to talk to. I can always be someone's uh, ear, maybe, to call it. I, I like I, I'll everyone talks to me. So you want to what? Reach out, talk to me. Um, let me know um, if you enjoyed this episode. If you found it, it was. Um, informative or anything like that um we are on all of the things um like i always say so we are on um instagram at abnormal uh, adventures podcast we are on tiktok at abnormal adventures pod we've got the website at www.abnormaladventures.ca um so just reach out to me like i i would really enjoy hearing from you guys hearing if uh like how your how your year's going anything like that so i hope you guys have a great day and make sure to like follow subscribe all the weird things rate five stars and uh we'll talk to you soon thanks bye